this journey has been trying, and it does not appear to be over quite yet. These operatives of the Royal Dispatch Company must have been away from Hartvale for long enough to not have heard of the crest. Of course, there is always the possibility they do know who we are, and are being coy about it for some reasons that I cannot understand. In the meantime, they are resting in shifts, though they are careful not to leave us unwatched. I could draw on my talent to break free of these bonds, but I am not yet sure if any of them also share the talent. Orchid hasn't woken yet, either, as far as I can tell, but at least the Kingswood operatives bound their wounds. Once Orchid wakes, we can make an attempt to escape, but I will not act until the time is right. The Royal Dispatch Company is well known in Hartvale. What reason would they have to form an alliance with these cultists of Vargosh? Could they have had a different reason for assassinating that shade on the road to Velwater? There are so many unanswered questions. Once we are free, I will seek answers. Orchid is beginning to stir. We won't be able to speak under the watchful eye of our guards, but perhaps we can manage a few hand signs. Once we're in the woods, our time to act will come. Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. On this week's episode, Ben does his best to help Arid and Orchid escape from the clutches of the Royal Dispatch Company. Find out what happens on episode 33, On the Run. Last time, the soldiers of the Crest camped for the night after they exited from the Elfheim ruin, and in the morning they began making their way back to Valewater. As they went, they came across a camp belonging to Wardens of the Vale, and Ben explained their purpose in serving and protecting the Vale from outside threats. Then they came across a cabin that seemed to be vacant and unoccupied. They stayed the night in this cabin and discovered that it seemed to belong to the Royal Dispatch Company. They didn't think anything about it, deciding that since no one was there at the time, they should be able to spend the night and then leave in the morning, continuing their way back. Before they could leave the cabin, they were accosted by a group of Kingsward who were openly hostile towards them, even though they didn't know about the burgeoning conflict between the Crest and the Royal Dispatch Company. 
No, they were a little bit more put out at the fact that someone would be squatting in their cabin in the middle of the night. Ben managed to sneak out and around to try and get a drop on the Kingsword operatives that were outside of the cabin, while Arid tried to talk their way out. He was partially successful, but the demands that they placed on the Crest soldiers to leave was for Orchid to leave behind their ornately carved axe, Bone Eater. Orchid, of course, refused this, and a battle ensued that did not go well for our Crest soldiers. Orchid was injured and knocked unconscious. Arid surrendered, and Ben escaped into the woods. This was followed by a brief interrogation as Arid attempted to convince Malik, one of the Kingsword operatives, that they were simply trying to get back to Vale Water with the body of this scholar that they had been escorting. But Malik sensed that there was more that Arid was not saying. And so he decided that they were going to take the Crest soldiers that they had captured and deliver them to the Royal Dispatch Company headquarters in Hartvale. That is where we pick up with our heroes. So Ben has been sitting outside, observing the cabin. He does not know if Arid and Orchid are still alive, but there are a couple of these Kingsward operatives that have been keeping an eye on the woods, ensuring that he is unable to sneak up on them. And I think he waits and watches, because he knows eventually they're going to come out. And if they come out as a group and they have Arid and Orchid with them, then maybe he can help them escape as they're making their way through the forest. If these Kingsward operatives come out and Arid and Orchid are not with them, well, then Ben has some work to do to gain vengeance. So he is sitting in the woods watching and waiting as the Kingsward operatives inside the cabin are resting. They had pushed through the night to make it to this cabin to rest, and now that they have these prisoners, Malik and Mila decided to take a few hours to allow everyone at least a little bit of sleep and rest before they pushed on with their prisoners to Hartvale. After a few hours... Malik approaches Arid and Orchid, who has started to stir, and he says, All right, you two. It's time to go. We're heading towards Hartvale now, and you're coming with us. Arid looks up at him and says, Truly, this is unnecessary. Why are you holding us captive? We are simple mercenaries, and there is no reason for you to keep us. We'll see what my superiors think of that. In the meantime, I get the sense you're lying to me about something, and 
I want to know what it is. So until I do, you're not going anywhere. Ered says, This is very unfortunate, but uh, I understand your plight. I too have superiors that I must report to, and I can tell you that they are going to be very displeased if we keep them waiting any longer. I think your superiors will be disappointed. That's not really my problem, is it? Now get up. Get your friend up. Ah, yes. Orchid, are you awake? Hi, I'm awake. I feel like I've been cut in the stomach. That wouldn't have happened if you hadn't attacked one of my operatives. Well, it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't asked for my axe. And now we have your axe, and you as prisoners. So perhaps that will be a lesson to you in the future, mercenary. Take the good deal when it's offered. Right, right. We'll see about that. And Malik turns away as he continues their preparations to leave. Orchid looks over at Arid and says, What's that guy's problem? Arid smiles a little bit and says, I was worried that hit on your head was going to remove some of your glibness, but I see that you are, in fact, whole and intact. Orchid says, I'll take more than a knock on the head for me to lose my sense of humor. I am glad to hear that. And he gives Orchid a significant look. Now, there is an important question I think we have to ask, which is, who has the Claw of Vargosh? Because that is going to determine, maybe, what what happens next. I think it is 50-50 on whether or not Arid has it. Arid performed the ritual to dampen and calm the artifact so they could transport it back. But Ben was the one who grabbed it. But would Ben have held on to it or would he have turned it over to Arid after they escaped from the Alfheim ruin? I think it's 50-50. So I think it's 51 uh, or greater is a yes that Arid has it. 50 or less, Ben has it. 10. Okay, so that means that Ben still has it, which is great, because that means that it is not captured by the Kingsword, because I think they would have a lot more questions if there was this strange glowing artifact that was hanging around. So because like Ben's got that slung in his bag and maybe he's thinking about whether or not he can use that in some way, Arid and Orchid don't have to worry about trying to explain the presence of some sort of evil artifact in their gear. So they start to get up, and Mila, the female Kingsword that initially opened the door on them, comes over and says, Pick up your friend, too. We're bringing him with us as well. Arid and Orchid look down at the body of Silas Wilberforce. And then they exchange a glance and reach down and pick him up. And they begin carrying him out of the cabin. 
outside in the woods, Ben is watching. He's been waiting for a few hours now. And suddenly, the door opens. Out comes the woman that initially accosted them. Then comes another king's word. Then comes Arid. Followed by Orchid carrying the body of Silas Wilberforce. And then the other king's word comes out. The two who were patrolling outside join those other three and their prisoners and begin making their way into the forest. Now to take care of this, to decide how they can escape from these Kingsword operatives, we are going to use a scene challenge. And that is very much like a regular progress track. I've got 10 boxes of progress, but unlike a standard vow or battle or anything using a progress track, this also comes with a countdown track. And so this means that when I make face danger moves or secure an advantage moves to try and overcome this challenge, failures are going to tick down the countdown track. And once the countdown track, which is four boxes, is full, then I have to roll the challenge dice against whatever progress I've managed to gather, and that will determine how this scene challenge plays out. So I've set the scene challenge as Escape the King's Word Operatives, and I have set it as a formidable challenge because in the rules here it says that a typical challenge is dangerous, but you should make it formidable if you are at a disadvantage. And they are absolutely at a disadvantage here because Ben is weak and tired. Arid and Orchid are weak and tired. They're down to one or two on health and spirit momentum. Their supply is at zero. So they are definitely at a disadvantage here. So we are going to engage in this scene challenge, and hopefully we will be able to free Arid and Orchid from these Kingsword operatives. I think if we are unable to do so, then they are going to get taken back to the Kingsword headquarters in Hartvale, and that's going to uh, open up a whole new set of consequences and conflict. They are marching through the forest. I think they're walking along this river that is running through. And Arid and Orchid are carrying the body of the scholar. And I think this was a very deliberate ploy by the Kingsword operatives to make sure that their hands, which are still bound in ropes, are also occupied with carrying this body. So they are making their way through, and we're going to start with Ben as he is following along. He is tracking them as they're moving through the forest, and he's trying to get into an advantageous position where he can either wait for Arid and Orchid to do something and then be ready to leap out or create some sort of situation where he is able to 
affect their journey. Because I think he knows that Arid and Orchid are looking for a way to escape. So he either wants to create that or he wants to be ready for when they make their break for it. So we're going to start off with a face danger and I'm going to roll plus shadow as Ben is slinking along watching as they make their progress and he is looking ahead and slipping through the underbrush keeping pace with them. There's going to be plus three on this. Seven for the action score. A six and a two on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So in a scene challenge, when you face danger, a strong hit means that you are going to mark progress. So that is going to be one box of progress on our mission here. And Ben gets a momentum off of that because of the successful face danger move. So I think this represents him slinking through the woods. He's keeping pace with them. I don't think we have to wonder if they lose him on their journey. He is shadowing them this whole way through. Now, I think that Arid, as they're walking along, he is going to reach deep within himself. He is going to attempt to tap into his magical talent. And if we look at our assets once again, we have Sighted, which is all about detecting or identifying mystical forces. We have Lightbearer, which is the fire-based magic. And then we have Invoke, which is consuming the mystical essence of your surroundings. And he does still have three points on his Invoke as well. So that means that he's going to be able to draw on mystical essences around him and then use those to impact the world. So, because he has some of those still around him, I'm going to go ahead and roll with that. So, I think he's drawing on his talent, and he is going to try and create an opportunity for them to escape. And so, I think to do that, he is going to roll Secure and Advantage, and we're going to roll plus three, which is my Essence... Six for the action score, a six and an eight on the challenge dice for a miss. So we are going to mark one of our four boxes on the countdown track. And then we have to pay the price. So when we look at pay the price... 97. A friend, companion, or ally is put in harm's way. Or you are if you're alone. Well, Arid is not alone. So here's the question. The Kingsward operatives are walking around them, guarding them. And I think Mila is watching Arid. And there's something in his face. There's something in the way that he draws in breath. And she, I think, pulls out a small dagger and taps it 
on Orchid's shoulder where she's walking. And she says to Arid, she says, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. I can see that you have the talent. I can see you trying to draw on that power. Don't make me hurt your friend. And Orchid looks down at her and glowers. And Arid looks back from where he is standing ahead of Orchid. And he doesn't say anything to her, but he looks at the dagger, looks at Orchid, and Orchid kind of like faintly shrugs just a little bit of sort of like, well, do what you have to. And Arid just shakes his head and looks back. As they're walking, Malik, who is in the lead, turns back and says... You'll find that, though none of us have the talent, we are aware of its uses. Be mindful of that, mage, or we will make you suffer. Okay, so that did not go well, and we're going to drop our essence down to two as they continue through the forest. Let's get a sense of, like, where they are in here. So they're making their way through the forest, and I'm going to roll on some aspect and focus to get a sense of what the area they're walking through is like. 66. Hidden. 69. Illumination. Hidden illumination. Okay, so they're making their way along this riverbank, and they break away from it... And they're starting to head through some of this thicker part of the forest. And as they're walking, maybe there are some, like, will-o'-wisps that start to emerge. And they're winking in and out amongst the leaves around them. And there's, like, this dense coverage of foliage that is making it darker than it would be if they were out in the open. And there's these bright flashes of light. Maybe then they're not even will-o'-wisps. Maybe they're just like lightning bugs or, you know, something like that that emits small bursts of light as they're walking along. And Arid is thinking on the fact that if he's going to use his talent to try and get them out of this situation... He's going to have to do it quickly, and he's going to have to be very deliberate and intentional about what he's doing. They continue to make their way towards Heartvale. Ben is following along, and I think, is Orchid going to do something here? So Orchid is behind Arid. Orchid is carrying the back end of this litter that carries Silas Wilberforce. Mila is right next to them. Is there an opportunity for them to simply throw the body at Mila and create a distraction in that way? I think it's possible. And uh, I think that's the like compromise here in my mind is Orchid is in danger because Mila is close with this dagger, but also Mila is close with this dagger. 
And that means that Orchid has the opportunity to act. So they are going to maybe with a silent prayer to the Sleeper King, wrench the litter out of Arid's hands and swing it around, smashing into Mila as they walk. And this is going to be a face danger, and I think it's going to be plus iron in this case. So plus three on this face danger, seven for the action score, a six and a one for the challenge dice for another strong hit. Okay, so the litter gets ripped out of Arid's hands, and he kind of stumbles a little bit as he turns around and... For a brief moment, Orchid is holding Silas up and just muscles straining under the weight of holding a corpse. And they swing the body around and smash it into Mila. Mila goes crumpling to the ground. A couple of the other Kingsward shout out in surprise. And I think... Ben, in that moment, sees this opportunity and is going to take one of his daggers and flick it in towards one of those Kingsward operatives. And this is going to be another face danger plus shadow as this is attack is coming from a hidden enemy. So this will be plus three on this. Five on the action score, a one and an eight on the challenge dice. So with a weak hit, we're going to mark a progress. So that's gonna give us our third box of progress on here, but we also have to encounter a minor complication or delay, envision what happens and mark a countdown box to represent this setback. So I think the dagger arcs through the air and it strikes one of the Kingsward operatives in the rear, but that Kingsword doesn't go down. It doesn't kill them outright. It simply wounds them, and they drop to one knee and shout out, Ambush! And the others are going to act accordingly. Now, we are sitting at three boxes of progress out of ten. We've got two of our four countdown boxes filled, and Arid is going to draw on his magic and he is going to I think try and use that call of ambush and is going to attempt to create illusions of crest soldiers calling out and charging to sort of throw them off balance that there might actually be more than just Ben in the woods. I think he is going to use his invoke again. This is going to be plus two now because we dropped that down from three to two after his failed attempt to secure an advantage. So this will be plus two on this face danger. Six on the action score, a nine and a four on the challenge dice for another weak hit. So that gives us our fourth box of progress. Ooh, this is going to be close. And it's going to give us our third mark on the countdown. So I think it works. There are voices calling out and saying, they're over here. Get them. Free our friends. And all of these sort of like muffled voices are coming. And the Kingsword react accordingly. And this gives Arid and Orchid a chance to run. 
But I think that Malik is maybe a little wise to it and says, careful, it might be a trick. And is going to turn back towards Arid, thinking that if he strikes the mage down, that if this is a trick, it will cease. So I think Arid and Orchid are both going to make a run for it. Question is, who's going to make a run for it first? I think it's going to have to be Orchid. I think Orchid has the split-second opportunity while Arid is channeling this energy through himself to create this illusion to run for it. And they're going to do so. So this is going to be... Oh, we've got to decide now. Is this... I think it's just Edge. I think it's got to be plus edge because it is speed, agility. It's them running away. So plus one for Orchid. Not great. Now here's the question. Would Orchid run or would Orchid try to make sure that Arid got away? I'm going to ask the Oracle because I'm not actually sure. I think it's likely that Orchid would stick around and try to make sure that Arid gets out. So I'm going to say it is likely 26 or greater, 27. So, you know, Orchid has this brief moment where they see an opening and they could take it and run, but that would leave Arid exposed. And so I think they are going to instead turn and lash out at one of the close Kingsword with their fists and is going to try and secure an advantage for Arid. So this is gonna be, instead of an edge of one as they try to escape, this is gonna be an iron of three as they're basically like picking up one of these Kingsword and throwing them into a, uh, into a nearby tree. So plus three on the secure an advantage, six for the action score, a five and a nine on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So on a weak hit with secure and advantage, we are not going to mark another box on the countdown, thankfully. But we are not going to get a, a good like plus one or anything like that. It's just going to be plus one momentum to Arid, which, you know, it's not bad. It takes him from zero to one. And I think in that moment, Arid is going to try and run for it. He sees this opening that Orchid has created by throwing this Kingsword into the uh, tree, and he's going to run for it. So this is going to be plus two on this. Eight on the action score, a two and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So that is going to give us five boxes of progress as Arid is able to make a run for it. Now, is there something Ben can do to try and create an advantage for Orchid? I think there has to be. So I think that Ben is going to try and secure an advantage. The question is, can I do it with deception, stealth, or trickery and leverage my best stat for this role? Because I really need a success here. I think that Ben, because... Uh, here it is. Okay, so I think because Arid was successful in creating this illusion, Ben is going to like sprint around to a different part of the forest and another dagger comes out, this time at Malak. 
And so we're going to use Deception, Stealth, or Trickery, because this is playing into the idea that there are more Crest coming for their allies. So plus three on the Secure and Advantage, eight on the action score, a one and a ten on the challenge dice, which is a weak hit. So that is going to confer one momentum to Orchid, but that takes Orchid out of negative momentum and pushes them into just a plain old zero momentum. So we're not going to cancel out any action die if uh, I roll a one, but I don't exactly have momentum to burn here. And I was hoping to get a plus one to give to Orchid, but that strong hit eluded me. So I think Orchid now being alone amongst these Kingsward, there are a couple who are sort of struggling to their feet. Mila has pushed the body of Silas Wilberforce off of her. She is on her feet now, sword drawn. Malik has ducked past this dagger and is peering out into the woods with a bow at the ready, ready to shoot down the first crest that he sees. Orchid's going to try and run for it. And this is going to be face danger, and this is going to be plus one, because Orchid is not very fast. So plus one on this roll. Six on the action score. An 8 and a 10 on the challenge dice appropriately for a miss. So that is going to fill our countdown track. And I must pay the price. So Orchid's going to pay the price here first. And then we're going to roll our challenge dice versus our five boxes of progress on this escape. And we're going to hope for a good hit here. So 51 on our pay the price. It causes a delay or puts you at a disadvantage. What kind of disadvantage would this be? Does Orchid have to leave their axe behind? Or is this the sort of thing where they have to decide if they're going to leave their axe behind or if they're going to go back for their axe? I think that's what it is. Orchid sees the axe strapped to Malak's back and they could run for it. Or they could go and try and take it from the Kingsward operative. And this whole thing started because Orchid wasn't going to give up Bone Eater. So they are going to head towards Malik and try and grab it. Even though Arid is like, Orchid, leave it behind. Run. Orchid is like, nah, that's my axe. And I'm going to take it with me. And heads towards the King's Word operative. So I'm now going to roll my 2d10 and I'm going to compare it against my progress of five. And this will determine if they are successful in escaping the King's Word operatives. I rolled a 10 and a three for a weak hit. All right. So on a weak hit, you succeed, but not without cost. You must pay the price. Make this a minor cost relative to the scope of the scene. So we're going to pay the price one more time. There are a couple of different ways I think this could play out. 100. Roll twice more on this table. Both results occur. <laughs> Uh-oh. If it's the same result, make it worse. So I've got 65, which is harmful. And two, 
Roll again and apply that result, but make it worse. If you roll this result yet again, think of something dreadful that changes the course of your quest. <sighs> wow, I just really, really want to make this painful. So 60. It is harmful. So basically, it is extra harmful. And this applies to all of them because they're all a part of the scene challenge. So I think it, hmm. I mean, I think they all get hurt here and they're all sitting, almost all sitting at one health. So it's a formidable challenge, which would be three ticks of harm. And that means that Orchid is going to drop back down to zero and is going to go down to two to negative two momentum. Ben is going to drop down to zero and go down to one momentum. And Arid is going to go down to zero momentum. And then all three of them are going to have to endure harm on this. Which could go very poorly for them. So let's go ahead and walk through this. Endure harm. When you face physical damage, suffer minus health, equal to your foe's rank or as appropriate to the situation. If your health is zero, suffer minus momentum equal to any remaining health. Then roll plus health or plus iron, whichever is higher. So this is going to be iron for all of them. Arid's iron is a one. So we're going to roll one on this. Oh, Arid. You are always my favorite. Six on the action score and two tens on the challenge dice for a miss with a complication. So on a miss, also suffer minus one momentum. If you are at zero health, you must mark wounded or maimed, if currently unmarked, which they are, or roll on the oracle. The oracle includes... A couple instances of face death. The escape doesn't seem very successful if I roll on the oracle. But it's certainly more fun to roll on the oracle. So here we go. For Arid's fate. 75. You are battered, but still standing. Okay, so Arid is... Not wounded, he's not maimed, and he certainly doesn't have to face death. I'm going to go through all of these Endure Harms before I narrate the conclusion of the scene, because I think it's gonna it's gonna be a, a an extended escape. So Ben also has to endure harm. He has an iron of one as well. Seven on the action score, a six and a three on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So on a strong hit, choose one, shake it off. If your health is greater than zero, suffer minus one momentum in exchange for plus one health. Otherwise, embrace the pain, take plus one momentum. So Ben is going to take a momentum. That'll take him up to two momentum as he is at zero health, but he successfully manages to avoid getting wounded as they make their escape. Finally, Orchid's iron is three. So Orchid has the best chance of getting a good result on this. Let's find out. 
Seven on the action score, a two and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit. And our action die was a four. Our momentum is at minus two, so it is not canceled out. So that result stands. And we are going to increase our momentum from minus two back to minus one. So Arid almost faces death. Orchid and Ben are able to escape relatively unscathed, though they still take injuries. So what does this look like? Orchid charges forward, and I think Malak catches a glimpse of Ben in the forest. He draws his bow back and unleashes the arrow as Orchid reaches out and grabs the axe on his back. And it jostles him just enough that the arrow goes just barely past Ben. It would have skewered him were it not for the interference of Orchid. But that brief disruption makes the arrow just barely miss Ben. Ben ducks away behind a tree, breathing heavily as he then peers back out and sees Orchid throw Malak to the ground. And Malak is no small figure here, but Orchid throws him to the ground with the axe and makes a run for it. I think before Orchid is able to get away, Mila, who had recovered and drawn her sword, gets a slash in at Orchid's back, but the Feromorkian keeps running and meets up with Arid in the forest. Arid, however, almost is killed because the last Kingsword, who was not thrown into a tree and who was not hit by Ben's first dagger, chased after Arid when he made a run for it and tackled him. And I think a dagger came out and they struggled over it. And the two of them are on the ground, like struggling over this dagger. And it has driven into Arid's collarbone and he's groaning and gritting his teeth, fighting against it. And I think the Kingsword is slowly driving it into his flesh when all of a sudden there's a whistling in the air and Bone Eater appears almost out of nowhere and slams into the side of this Kingsword who is lifted off of Arid and thrown to the side, blood streaking through the forest. Arid gasps and looks up as Orchid just reaches down and grabs a hold of Arid's clothing and drags him to his feet, and they continue running into the forest. They keep running deeper and deeper into the forest. They reach that river again, and by now Ben has joined them, and they dive into the water they swim across the river and keep running as they emerge on the other side. And eventually, they escape. They escape from the Kingsward operatives. And they return on their journey 
back to Veilwater. Now here we go, because the last time we made an Undertake a Journey, it went pretty poorly. But I think it's going to be okay this time. So Ben is going to take the lead, because they are in the woods. He is from this area. He probably has a better sense of how to find their way to Veilwater now that they have sort of left the the beaten track that they were on making their way back from that ruin. So we're going to roll plus wits as they are making their way back. Back to Veilwater. Five on the action score. A nine and a four on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we reach a waypoint and mark progress, but suffer minus one supply. We don't have any supply to lose once again, so that is going to take Ben's momentum from two down to one. We are at nine boxes of progress, and I think we can reach our destination. But first, we would be remiss if we didn't nab one last waypoint here. Seven. Sunken and 47 creature. Interesting. Okay, so they continue running through the forest and then eventually they come to another branching of the river. And as they are crossing the river this time, Ben knows that once they've crossed this part of the river, it's a short walk from here to Veilwater. And as they're crossing the river, he points down the river and there's a huge turtle that is half submerged under the water. They can just barely see the shell peeking out of the water. Ben points at it and says, look, a veil turtle. It's good luck, my friends. It means our journey... Though it has been hard and dangerous, it will end well. It is an omen, a good omen, sent to us by the gods. Arid says, We could do with some good omens after what happened in the forest. I regret leaving Silas's body behind, but there was nothing we could do. No, there was nothing we could do. We had to get out of there. But we'll do right by Silas, won't we? Yes. Yes, we will. We will do right by him indeed. Right. And Ben sort of like taps the bag on his side that holds the claw of Vargosh, and he says... He helped us get this back, and it will help keep the Vale safe. When we get back to Hartvale, I'm going to visit the Scriptorium and tell them about Silas and what happened to him. I think that is a very good idea. In the meantime, let us get back to Veilwater and report in. We are going to now reach our destination. Rolling our challenge dice, comparing it against our progress of nine. <sighs> Friends, let me take a brief pause and tell you about playing 
games and rolling dice and making proclamations like good omens on the road. Because I have nine progress, and I think you can probably guess where this is leading to. But I rolled two tens, which means uh, my nine progress, my almost full box of progress is undone by two tens. It's a miss. And on a miss, you have gone hopelessly astray. Your objective is lost to you, or you were misled about your destination. If your journey continues, clear all but one filled progress and raise the journey's rank by one. I don't think any of those things are true. I think they make it to Veilwater. I think it's what they find in Veilwater that is hopelessly astray, that is lost to them, that they were misled about. They emerge out of the forest, looking towards Veilwater. And the village is there, waiting for them. They make their way across the open field and head into the village. And it's really on the outskirts that they begin to notice how strange it is here. Because as they approach the outskirts of Veilwater, there's no sound. No sound. No animals. No people. Nothing. The three of them look at each other with concern and make their way into Veilwater. There's nothing at first on the outskirts. And then they see a figure, a figure propped up against a wall, sitting there. As they approach, Ben says, it's the warden, Warden Stoka. They kneel down next to her, and at first it looks as though she's dead. But then Ben can see that there's a a faint rising and falling of her chest as there is a small amount of breath entering her lungs. She's alive, but it seems like maybe she's asleep. Ben looks up at Arid and says, I'm... Not sure about this, but it certainly doesn't seem natural. Arid shakes his head and says, No, this is not natural. I have a grim feeling, my friend. We should hurry on to the Griffin and Moon and see what happened to our fellows. Ben nods. Behind them, Orchid, wounded as they are, grips Bone Eater and says, Right, If there's fighting to be done, you can count me in. They continue their way deeper into Veilwater, and as they approach the Griffin and Moon, they find more people collapsed, asleep but unmoving. 
And then as they get closer and closer to the inn, they see that the buildings around them have warped a little bit. Like the wood is stained with a dark color as if it's warped and been twisted. They come across a few animals, horses outside the Griffin and Moon, and they're decaying, rotting, dead. As they enter the Griffin and Moon, the silence continues. They see bodies, many bodies. The inn itself is twisted and rotting. Ben looks around and sees the faces of fellow crest soldiers, twisted and gnarled into strange patterns, their flesh sloughing off their bones. There are others here, too. Citizens of Valewater, of course, but others bearing the mark of the Royal Dispatch Company. They too are dead, decaying. Arid says, I sense a presence deep within this inn. We should go investigate. Ben nods, though he's not sure he wants to see what's in the heart of the Griffin and Moon. They make their way to the back doorway. A flight of stairs descend into the darkness. They make their way down and come to a landing. And then there's another flight of stairs. And no longer are they surrounded by the wood frame of the inn, but by dark, loamy earth. They make their way deep deep beneath the griffin and moon. And that's where they find it. They emerge into a chamber. And in that chamber is a sickly green aura that is thrumming with power. There's a fleshy orb floating in the center of this room and there are more bodies down here crest kingsword but the three of them their eyes are drawn towards that fleshy orb where they see lafalia by some called balewind lieutenant of the crest on her knees eyes closed and hands rested in her lap. There is a space of unblemished earth around her. And standing beside her are two living soldiers of the crest, bloody, blades still bared. And crouching in front of her, is Iron Gull, Master Sergeant of the Crest. 
as the three of them emerge into this chamber, the, the two crest soldiers who are standing there raise their weapons at first and then recognizing fellow soldiers of the crest look relieved. Relieved that others have survived. Iron Gall looks back at them and says, Oh good, you're back. As you might have noticed, we've run into a few complications since you've been gone. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thank you so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you want to support the show directly, leave me a review or buy me a coffee at coffee.com slash errantadventures. That's ko-fi.com slash errantadventures. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at errantsolopod, or you can email me at errantsolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, errantadventurespod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.